Welcome, everyone, to the second edition of Well Spoken, which is Stevenson Harwood's podcast for the oil and gas industry. Uh, this week, we are joined by Peter Bennett. Hi, Peter. Hi, Mark. Do you want to tell the listeners a bit about your background? Thank you, Mark. Um, I'm a partner at Stevenson Harwood. Uh, I specialise in international litigation and arbitration. And my focus is on natural resources, commodities, and international trade. I've been a partner at uh, Stevenson Harwood since 2010 and a partner in the city since 1993. And I have over 30 years' experience of litigation, arbitration, and contracts in this market. Thanks, Peter. So, as people know, last week we were talking about force majeure, and, and force majeure is clearly quite a topical issue, uh, both for the oil and gas industry at the moment and, and more widely. And this week we're talking about a topic which is, I suppose, in some ways related insofar as we're seeing more disputes within uh, the oil and gas industry. So what we're talking about is uh, contractual discretion and how contractual discretion is really applied in oil and gas contracts. So, Peter, do you want to just kick off by telling the listeners what we mean by contractual discretion? Certainly, Mark. Um, the listeners will be aware that in oil and gas contracts, uh, rights and obligations of the parties are clearly set out. And um, parties will be given express and qualified rights to exercise particular remedies, such as termination or rejection and the like. The contractual discretion, however, in a contract is different. These are terms in a contract whereby one party is given the power to exercise discretion to form an opinion um, and often when they form that opinion, potentially there is a conflict of interest because the opinion is formed uh, in a way which will affect the rights and position of the counterparty. And therefore, what, what is required is that that discretion needs to be exercised in a um, honest and rational, that is not arbitrary, capricious or perverse way. Great. So in terms of the oil and gas industries, what, what kind of contracts are we talking about here? The, the oil and gas industry has a, a range of contracts, um, long-term supply contracts for oil, gas, liquefied natural gas, joint operating agreements, production sharing agreements, uh, drilling contracts and the like. Um, and these clauses um, and, uh, can be very relevant because, of course, they are usually found in those contracts expressly. These contractual discretion clauses are found, for example, in operating agreements where a power is given to an operator to make a decision which will affect the other parties. And how, how does a party go about trying to challenge one of its JV or, or, or counterparties, challenging the fact that they've misused their contractual discretion? Well, if, if for example, let's, let's, let's take one example. Um, the way they would go about it is to say if they've received notice of termination of its position as an operator, um, it would try to say, well, actually, you didn't have an unqualified right to discharge me. In fact, you had to exercise that right according to a contractual discretion, and you didn't exercise dis that discretion correctly, and therefore your decision was invalid. Um, that's the way they go about it. Of course, it's very difficult to challenge those decisions where you have clearly uh, what appears to be an express right which is exercised and a qualified right, and that's the tension between the two. Is it an express and qualified right to make that to exercise that right, or is it a right which is subject to the need to exercise contractual discretion? Thanks. And I think the, the case law, and um, when you read the textbooks, it talks a lot about 
people exercising that discretion using good faith. So can you just explain a bit about what, in this context, people mean by good faith? Well, it's been subject to debate, but essentially it's an obligation not to act dishonestly, not to undermine the bargain entered into and the purpose. Um, It's an obligation to act reasonably and fairly in the interests of all the parties. And you can see immediately here the tension between party A, who believes it has an unqualified right to make a decision such as termination or discharge of an operator or rejection of gas or LNG, and the other party who somehow suggests, well, actually, there's an implied obligation of good faith here, and when you make your decision, you have to take into account my interests as well. And therefore, that is the basis upon which the party who's often aggrieved will seek to challenge the decision of the party who seek to exercise what it believes is the unqualified right. Thanks. So in terms of oil and gas, where we, we've got lots of joint venture type relationships, whether those be JOAs or, or unitization type arrangements, and we, we've got lots of long-term contracts within the gas industry. In those kind of circumstances, uh, is the point you're making is good faith will often be implied within the oil and gas industry? Well, it all depends at the end of the day on what the contract says. And uh, there has been a recent decision called Taka Britani, where um, an operator was uh, discharged by the committee members by a vote and sought to challenge that decision on the grounds that um, it was based upon a decision which should have been exercised according to contractual discretion and in breach of obligations of good faith. The court rejected that on the grounds that the contract in question made no reference to contractual discretion in those circumstances, nor was there an implied obligation of good faith. So in brief, to answer your question, it really does depend upon what the contract expressly provides for. These contracts are highly sophisticated, drafted by professionals, and if the parties wanted to provide for requirements of good faith or discretion, they would have expressly provided for it. So you really do have to look at what the contract says. And the mere fact that the contract doesn't expressly provide good faith or discretion certainly does not mean and a heavy argument against such uh, an argument or clause being implied. Good. Thank you, Peter. That's been really useful. So I, I think my, my takeaway from today is that uh, you can't necessarily take the contract on face value. You, you need to dive a bit deeper, maybe look at the case law and look at some of these issues about uh, discretion and good faith. So, Peter, thank you very much for your time today. Thanks very much, Mark. Thank you, everyone.